Hi there, I'm Michael C. Patterson. Welcome to the Mental Flourishing series in which we are exploring how to flourish as we age. In this episode, I'm going to focus on why we struggle or why we suffer more than we need to as we're aging. An underlying premise of this series is that the quality of our old age will be determined largely by the quality of our mental states. Our quality of life, in other words, will be determined largely by how we interpret the experience of aging and our journey towards death. In this episode, I'm focusing on the hemisphere hypothesis. I think this hypothesis has great explanatory power about why we get hooked on negative mental states and why we find it hard to access more positive mental states. The hemisphere hypothesis is offered by the British scholar Ian McGilchrist and is explained in detail in his 2009 book, The Master and His Emissary, and his 2019 opus, The Matter with Things, Our Brains, Our Delusions, and The Unmaking of the World. They're both totally amazing, mind-blowing books. One reviewer said this about The Matter with Things, quote, It's very simple. This is one of the most important books ever published. And yes, I do mean ever, end quote. That's quite a statement, but I tend to agree. McGilchrist's books have had a a profound effect on me and have caused me to rethink a number of really fundamental long-held beliefs. McGilchrist's statement of the hypothesis is very simple. The implications, however, are profound and vast. The simple statement of the hypothesis is this. The bihemispheric structure of the brain makes possible attending to the world simultaneously in two otherwise incompatible ways. Now, the revelation for me was that the mind is not a single unified system. As McGilchrist demonstrates, with tons of research, the human mind has two major operating systems that work in very different ways the two hemispheres of the brain. And the two minds are often arguing with each other. Well, no wonder we get confused and conflicted. We argue with ourselves. McGilchrist is convinced that the two hemispheres of the brain represent two very different ways of relating to the world, two ways of attending to the mysteries of life. Now, I found it useful to characterize them as the conceptual mind and the sensory mind. The human brain, like most brains, is divided into two hemispheres. They are physically separated from each other and communicate across bridges of nerve cells that inhibit exchange as much as facilitate it. Now, each hemisphere tends to the world in a unique way. One hemisphere, the right hemisphere, offers a view of the world that's grounded in sensory input. It sees the flow of life in a holistic manner, and it's a better reflection of what is actually going on. For the sake of simplicity, again, I'm calling this the sensory mind. The other hemisphere, the left hemisphere, creates a kind of virtual reality version of the real world. It stops the flow of life 
breaks it into little fixed pieces of information. And the left hemisphere steps back from what's actually going on and creates representations, representations of the world that can be used to examine, investigate, make plans for the future, and so on. So, again, I'm calling this the conceptual mind. So the two hemispheres offer us the simultaneous benefit of a real-world view and a virtual world view, and both operate at the same time. We live and operate in the real world and at the same time are, are informed and guided by insights and instructions and, and predictions and so on offered to us by the virtual reality version. When the two perspectives are coordinated, we get a, a rich perspective on what's going on. But this perspective must ultimately end up in the right hemisphere with the real world perspective. We live, after all, in the real world, not in a virtual reality world. It is, however, the virtual reality version that most often rises to the level of conscious awareness. And because it's more available to our conscious attention, the left hemisphere tends to dominate and even resists collaboration with the right hemisphere. The right hemisphere, the sensory mind, understands the value of the left hemisphere and strives to work with it. But the conceptual mind prefers the world of its own invention and is happy to go it alone. Hey, why let reality mess up its, its fascinating fantasies? Well, we struggle and suffer when the conceptual mind takes over and suppresses input from the sensory mind. We become alienated from the real world and get lost in the, the matrix of a make-believe world. For, what I hope are obvious reasons, living in a make-believe world is confusing, disoriented, alienating, and often bizarre. Living in a world seen exclusively through the left hemisphere is like living in a world of a schizophrenic or someone who has experienced profound damage to their right hemisphere. Suffice it to say for now that the left hemisphere perspective, without the moderating effect of the right hemisphere perspective, is pathological. It causes all kinds of conflict and confusion and makes us do crazy things. To flourish, we need to restore the collaborative flow between the hemispheres, which means spending much less time caught up in the conceptual mind and spending much more time making use of our sensory mind. So how can we rebalance the influence of the two hemispheres? Ah, that is the question that we will dive into in subsequent podcasts. I suspect that balancing our hemispheres will entail figuring out which mindsets and states of mind pull us into our conceptual mind and learn, learning how to let go of those states. And at the same time, I think we need to figure out which mindsets ground us in our sensory, experiential mind. Then we can learn how to activate those beneficial states, practice them, and gradually make them our natural state of being. If you want a little homework, See if you can recognize the difference between your conceptual mind and your sensory experiential mind. 
How much time do you spend being led by your conceptual mind? And how are you feeling while that's happening? And when do you feel that your sensory mind is in charge? How does that make you feel? You recognize if you've done any meditation that this is kind of one of the activities of meditation where you're trying to quiet your, your thinking mind and just get back into a peaceful mind of sensory awareness. All right, I'm going to leave it at that. Until next time, I hope you'll join me in this adventure and this exploration of how to flourish as we age. While you're at it, remember we want to live long and live well. Thanks. Thanks.